been even remotely romantic about Paris. I may have been romantic about London, because of Charles Dickens, but the romance lasted for exactly as long as it took me to carry my bags out of Victoria Station. My journey, or my flight, had not been to Paris, but simply away from America. For example, I had seriously considered going to work on a kibbutz in Israel, and I ended up in Paris almost literally by closing my eyes and putting my finger on a map. So I was not as demoralized by all of this as I would certainly have been if I had ever made the error of considering Paris the most civilized of cities and the French as the least primitive of peoples. I knew too much about the French Revolution for that. I'd read too much Balzac for that. Whenever I crossed La Place de la Concorde, I heard tumbrils arriving and the roar of the mob, and where the obelisk now towers I saw and see La Guillotine— Anyone who has ever been at the mercy of the people then knows something awful about us, will forever distrust the popular patriotism, and avoids even the most convivial of mobs. Still, my flight had been dictated by my hope that I could find myself in a place where I would be treated more humanely than my society had treated me at home, where my risks would be more personal and my fate less austerely sealed. And Paris had done this for me. By leaving me completely alone, I lived in Paris for a long time without making a single French friend, and even longer before I saw the inside of a French home. This did not really upset me either, for Henry James had been here before me, and had had the generosity to clue me in. Furthermore, for a black boy who had grown up on welfare and the chicken-shit goodwill of American liberals, this total indifference came as a great relief and, even as a mark of respect, If I could make it, I could make it. So much the better. And if I couldn't, I couldn't. So much the worse. I didn't want any help, and the French certainly didn't give me any. They let me do it myself. And for that reason, even knowing what I know, and unromantic as I am, there will always be a kind of love story between myself and that odd, unpredictable collection of bourgeois chauvinists who call themselves La France, Or, in other words, my reasons for coming to France and the comparative freedom of my life in Paris meant that my attitude toward France was very different from that of any Algerian. He and his brothers were, in fact, being murdered by my hosts. And Algeria, after all, is a part of Africa. And France, after all, is a part of Europe. That Europe which invaded and raped the African continent and slaughtered those Africans whom they could not enslave— That Europe from which, in sober truth, Africa has yet to liberate herself. The fact that I had never seen the Algerian Casbah was of no more relevance before this unanswerable panorama than the fact that the Algerians had never seen Harlem. The Algerian and I were both alike, victims of this history, and I was still a part of Africa, even though I had been carried out of it nearly four hundred years before. The question of my identity— had never before been so crucially allied with the reality, the doom of the moral choice. The irreducible inconvenience of the moral choice is that it is, by definition, arbitrary, though it sounds so grandiose and, on the surface, unreasonable, and has no justification but or in itself. My reaction, in the present instance, was unreasonable on its face, not only because of my ignorance of the Arab world, but also because I could not affect their destiny in any degree. And yet, their destiny was somehow tied to mine. Their battle 
was not theirs alone, but was my battle also, and it began to be a matter of my honor not to attempt to avoid this loaded fact. And, furthermore, though this was truer in principle than it was in fact, as I had had occasion to learn, my life in Paris was to some extent protected by the fact that I carried a green passport. This passport proclaimed that I was a free citizen of a free country, and was not, therefore, to be treated as one of Europe's uncivilized black possessions. This same passport, on the other side of the ocean, underwent a sea change and proclaimed that I was not an African prince, but a domestic nigger, and that no foreign government would be offended if my corpse were to be found clogging up the sewers. I had never had occasion to reflect before on the brilliance of the white strategy. Blacks didn't know each other, could barely speak to each other, and therefore could scarcely trust each other, and therefore, wherever we turned...